0: Tell me who hath believed, hath believed, our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord.
1: Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. As a child, I knew a man and his wife that lived next door to my grandparents. For years, I thought they were our family, but I came to realize later that they were just not by blood. Al Detter was a wounded World War II vet, wounded in the Battle of the Bulge. Hence, he and his wife could never have children. My family adopted them. They were at every family gathering, and they are now both with Jesus, thank God. And I want to share with you about that battle of the bulge that I heard from him. And I want you to see what God did for you and I. For what God did for you and I. The battle got its name, the battle of the bulge, from the western front line, straight line. But there was a bulge in that line where Hitler was trying to retake a famous port in Belgium. For weeks, the weather was bad. There was heavy rains, there was thick fogs, there was no sun, little visibility. Our planes couldn't fly, they couldn't provide cover. 610,000 American soldiers were involved in this battle, and it lasted for over 40 days. On December 8, 1944, 70 years ago this year, Patton called the chief chaplain of the third army and asked him if he had a prayer for the weather. He didn't find one, so he wrote one himself. He read it to Patton, who approved it, and then Patton ordered him to print up 250,000 cards with that prayer on it and give it to every one of the soldiers in the third army. This is the prayer. Almighty And most merciful Father, we humbly beseech Thee of Thy great goodness to restrain these immoderate rains with which we have had to contend. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to us as soldiers who call upon Thee that armed with Thy power we may advance from victory to victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies and establish Thy justice among men and nations. Patton then went on and talked to the chaplain. He said, you know what? He said, we have never had to retreat. We have never suffered a defeat. He said, we have had no famine and no epidemics. And Patton knew why. He said, this is because a lot of people back home are praying for us. He said, it's now time that we pray for ourselves. He went on and he said, along with that card, he requested that the chaplain produce a training letter encouraging the soldiers to pray. And he said, I want all of your men to pray, not alone in church, but everywhere. He wanted them to pray when they were driving. He wanted them to pray when they were fighting. He wanted them to pray when they were alone. He wanted them to pray with others. Patton wanted them to pray by night and by day. He wanted them to pray for good weather for battle. He wanted them to pray for the defeat of our wicked enemy. He said whose banner is injustice and whose good is oppression. He said he wanted them to pray for victory. He said he wanted them to pray for our army. He said he wanted them to pray for peace. This was General Patton. The cards in the training letter were printed, 250,000 of them given to every soldier, and they ended up in the soldier's hand between the 12th and the 14th of December. Now. Now. On the 16th of December, the Germans, three Nazi armies, 300,000 men, broke through the lines, and the Allies were taken totally by surprise. The Allies said that they were fighting an enemy they couldn't see because of the weather, and they couldn't hear because of all the fog. We were in dire trouble. One of the German targets was Bastogne, a city in southern Belgium, Strategically important because it had eight roads, paved roads, going in and out of town. The Germans needed it. The night before they took it, the Americans trucked in, 101st Airborne, 15,000 men, trucked them in in zero-degree weather, 15,000, against over 50,000 Germans. And then the Germans laid siege. These men eight days under siege. The 101st were exhausted. A lot of their medical supplies were gone. Some of their medical personnel were captured. So they were almost out of ammunition. This is the 22nd of December. The German commander surrounding the town sent a message to the American commander in Bastogne. He said, I'm gonna give you two hours to surrender. If you don't surrender, the rest of us are coming in and you will be annihilated. Right after that, the American commander sent him a letter back and it said to the German commander, nuts, signed the American commander. Do you know somebody had to explain to the German general what that meant? The next day, December 23rd, the next day, the American army got its answer to prayer. The next day, the skies cleared. Our planes took off by the thousands. Patton's army took to marching. The tanks took off. On the 26th of December, just three days later, the tanks arrived at Bastone and the American army was rescued. The Battle of the Bulge was won a couple days later. Four months later, Hitler committed suicide. The German army surrendered. This is what God will do if you will pray. We have a God that answers prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, Patton, in January, saw the chaplain again, and he said to the chaplain, Well, Padre, our prayers worked. He said, I knew they would. I have a great song to go with this story, God on the Mountain, ministered here by Terry Brown.
2: Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got of faith when you're up on the mountain and your talk comes so easy life's at its best but it's down in the valley of trials and temptation that's when your faith is Really put to the test for the. God- Yes, you talk of faith when you're up on your mountain and your talk comes so easy. Life's at its best, but it's down in that valley of trust and temptation. That's when your faith is really put to the test.
1: like to begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, I ask that you grant us repentance. Father, I ask now that you grant us repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you, God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to begin in Romans 1.16. We've been going over the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And why do we do that? Romans 1 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Do you see those words? It is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. Do you need the power of God in your life? You'll find it in the gospel. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, we've gone over some of the death of Jesus, that every bone was out of joint, marred more than any man. We've gone over that he died in the dark. We've gone over that he had no form. Now, I'm going to go to John no, John 19, verse 28. I'm going to begin. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Look at that. After this, Jesus knowing. This is a man that every bone is out of joint. This is a man more, marred more than any man. This is a man whose heart is like wax. This is a man that can't see. And he's on the cross, and he says, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. You know, Jesus made sure that everything that was written about him, about the death, burial, and resurrection, about what was going to happen to him on the cross was fulfilled. He had that much wherewithal. I'm going to read to you just a few of the things that Jesus made sure were accomplished on that cross. We're not going to go to him. I'm just going to read to them. Psalm 22:18. 18. They divide my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. They cast lots upon Jesus' clothes. Isaiah 53, 12. He was counted among the transgressors. He died between two thieves. Psalm 22, 16. They pierced my hands and my feet. They nailed him to the tree. Twenty-two, I mean Psalm thirty-eight, eleven, My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. His mother was there, John was there, his disciples were all there. They all witnessed the death of Jesus. Ta- Psalm 22, 7, and they laugh they see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. The Pharisee said that. One of the thieves said that. Psalm 22, 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus said that on the third hour. Or the sixth hour, I'm sorry. Psalm 69, 21. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. We read that right here. Jesus said, I thirst. Not only that, but Isaiah 53. He was numbered... Um, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He bore our pains. He bore our sicknesses. All this, Jesus made sure, sure that they were accomplished and fulfilled on the cross. And then what happened? What happened after he made sure that everything that was written about him was fulfilled? Let's look at verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, the last thing he had to do, he bowed his head and he said, it is finished. It is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. He said right there to the Father, everything that you have told me to do on this earth, I have done. I fulfilled everything that you told me to do. And then what did Jesus say? It is finished. It's finished. Father, it's finished. Now, I want you to see with your eyes what the Father thought about that. I want you to go with me to Matthew 27, 51. 27, 51. And behold... The veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The veil in the temple, the holiest of holies, the curtain ripped from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. Let's go to another one. I want you to see with your eyes. This is three times in the Bible. Mark fifteen thirty-eight. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. This happened immediately upon Jesus saying it's finished and bowing his head. The veil of the temple was ripped. One more, Luke twenty three forty five. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst, torn from the top to the bottom. Now, why is that so important? Obviously it is because it's three times here in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Three times. Why is it so important? I want us to go to Leviticus 16, verse 2. This is Jehovah speaking to Moses. And he's talking about the holiest of holies, where this curtain was. It said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not in at all times unto the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. Aaron could only go into the holiest of holies once a year, and he had to do it exactly right. He had to have blood, and he had to do it exactly right, or he was a dead man. A dead man why and it says here for i will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat god was in the holiest of holiness god presence was in the holiest of holies and aaron was the only man allowed to go in there and he was only allowed to go in there once a year and he was only allowed to go in there we had blood and you know what nobody else was allowed to be anywhere around nowhere in the temple nowhere in the curtain nowhere anywhere around nobody could be around and he could only go in once. Now, what happened when Jesus said, It is finished? What happened when Jesus said, It is finished? That curtain ripped from the top to the bottom. You know what God was saying? Come on in. Your sacrifice has been accepted. Come on in. Your sacrifice has been accepted. We are able to go into the very presence of God. Why? Because Jesus did everything the Father told him to do. I'm going to finish and show you that in Ephesians 5.2. Ephesians 5, two, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And look what Jesus did. And has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Jesus giving himself as an offering. Jesus gave himself as an offering. And what did the Father do with that offering? He accepted it, and the veil of the temple was rent open. We could go in. The Father accepted that sacrifice. You sit there and you wonder if God will forgive your sins. That sacrifice that Jesus made for you has been accepted. It is proven it's accepted. The veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. The Father said, it is accepted. You wonder if God will heal you. That sacrifice for you has been accepted. You wonder if God will find you a job. That sacrifice Jesus made for you has been accepted. The Father accepted that sacrifice on your behalf, on my behalf. That's what Jesus did for you. Now, I know I played this song last week, but it's perfect for this week too. I'd like to minister the song, It Is Finished, done here by the Water of Life Boys and the recording of Terry Mai. Pray. Go into the Father while this song's praying. There's anointing on it.
0: me to fear, so long and not be weary walk and never change lift up your voice to heaven Fulfilled God's plan, and it is finished, and he has just begun. He is the Lord, the Lord of Lords, he is the King, the King of Kings.
1: Jesus made that sacrifice for you. And not only did that sacrifice cover your sins, that was just one part. He covered everything that you need. He covered a job for you. He covered uh, clothes for you. He covered food for you. He covered your bills paid. He covered your pains healed. He covered your sicknesses and diseases healed. He covered your perversions taken away. He covered your addictions to be put away, destroyed. So, uh, Romans ten thirteen states, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, years ago, there was a situation in January where I needed a coat. I didn't have a winter coat, and, and we didn't have a lot of money, and any money that I got, frankly, I spent it on my family, or food, or bills. But I didn't have a winter coat here to wear to church. And, and I told God, you know, I just didn't want to be ashamed that I didn't have a nice coat to wear with my dresses. Well, you know what God did? God, there was a sacrifice made for me. It was Jesus. He took my poverty away. Two days later, I got a check in the mail from an aunt that I'd never received a check from and actually never did again. It was for $100 dollars. I opened that envelope, I looked at that check, and God said, this is for your coat, and this is where I want you to go. You know, at first, uh, I didn't believe that God was telling me where to go, because I thought, That's, that, that store, that department store, they don't have coats for $100, they're going to be more. So I took, we, my husband and I went, we looked at uh, some other places, and it didn't matter what, If I found, if I liked the coat, they didn't have my size. Or if they had my size, I didn't like the coat. And finally, I told him, at one point, I said, you know, I think maybe God told me to go here. And I remember He looked at me and said, I wish you'd have sold me that in the first place. Well, we went there. And you know what? When I walked in, I saw this beautiful coat hanging on the rack. And you know what the rack said? It said, on sale, 50% off. Coats, $99. There was my coat. You know, that coat lasted 20 years. Jesus provided everything you needed with his sacrifice, everything you need. If you need something, if you need born again, if you need to get your heart back on God, if you need healed, if you need money, if you need a job, if you need an addiction taken away from you, call on the name of the Lord and you Shall be saved. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kathy k a t h i e at kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com. That's W O L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church. P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.cathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.